Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I have the lovely Ashley here with me once again. How are you doing, babe? I'm doing so good. Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited again for another episode. I feel like we kind of smashed it out of the park on that first one of just diving in on a little bit of you and a little bit of me. So yeah, I'm really excited for this one to to dive in a little deeper. Totally, totally. And I, I also feel like there's this interesting part whenever we're talking and going back and forth and just kind of like blah 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 it's like I feel like we could talk for a lifetime like I don't know how you feel about that piece but it's like I could talk to you yesterday I could talk to you tomorrow but there's it's very rarely that I meet somebody where I'm like oh my god I just talked to you forever Exactly. I feel like I never run out of things to actually say to you, and I'm, I I'm never done. It's always, oh, that, oh, there's a little bit more, or what do you think about this, or I want to pick your brain here, and totally. I think it's, some of it is just the, the big questions that we ask that maybe isn't so typical. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation just this past week with with a girl who we were talking about kind of negativity and that conversation. I said, you know what? Ange taught me. I said, it's the changing of the conversation. So she's talking about being in a negative space. And I said, so start the conversation. Tell me what you're most grateful for. When you asked me that one day, I was like, oh, we are not doing chit chat. We we don't do chit chat. But when you just looked at me and said, tell me what you're most grateful for right now. I was like, whoo, all right, let's dig. Right? And I think because we constantly have these big, deep, invigorating conversations that they really aren't ever done because there's so many things I want to ask and tell and share with you. Totally. So I learned something powerful in relation to that. So a lot of people message me on Instagram and they'll ask about something and whatever it is, like whether it's somebody I knew before or they're a lead for something. But one of the most powerful things I found to ask them, the great, the gratitude one is a great one. But another one is what is lighting you up the most lately? You ask somebody like you ask somebody that Sometimes it'll take them a week to get back to you because they'll be like, fuck, I had to think about that question. But then they're like, nothing. Yeah. You made me really think there is zero things that have happened to me in seven days mm-hmm. that have lit me up. And I have like one conversation in particular where I'm like, oh, this girl like totally took inventory on her life and like changed her career, decided that she was a lesbian. Like she came back to me and I'm like, whoa who knew that that one question and her just taking that inventory would have been like oh you know what i'm dating people that aren't even the right gender i'm in a fucking career that i hate and me just asking that what is lighting you up versus how are you what's new right right like those questions like I don't know about you, but like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. Tell me how you are, but then also just like, let's just go deeper because this sucks. Right. Right. And that's what this is all about. That's what this podcast is about is digging in past the, the surface, past the superficial of the, how are you? And the weather's pretty shit today. And well, let's talk about COVID. Fuck all of that shit. Let's talk about you and what is lighting you up. What's below the surface? What's happening deeply within your soul? Or what's even like bothering you to your core, right? Like both the light and the darkness is so Mm -hmm. powerful. So like what is dragging you down so much that you're like, fuck, if that thing was gone, Mm -hmm. I could then move on with my world, right? So I think it's both the light and the dark, right? 
Absolutely. And needing one to... If it was all just light all the time, we wouldn't know what darkness is. Totally. And vice versa. If it was all just dark, there would... So it's the recognition of both. I recognize that there is unhappiness. And that's why I know there is happiness. Right? And so we need that dichotomy. Totally. So I like that you use that analogy because we need to feel uncomfortable sometimes so that we can push towards that comfort to that place of peace and joy and happy. Yeah, and a little bit of that contrast, right? So you know what the other is looking like. Now, let's say somebody's listening to this right now, Ashley, and they're like, holy shit, you guys are rocking. You're fucking (laughs) awesome. I just want to, like, get to that place. Mm -hmm. I just want everybody that's listening to know, like, Fuck. If we look back on the past, like, 30-something, we never know our age, so don't ask right. us. We're over 30. We're in our 30s. We're in our 30s, young 30s, low 30s, right? But, like, if we are to look back on those years, the most powerful shifts we've had to make as people to get to the place we are is to look at our life and take inventory on, like, absolutely. that's where I'm at. This is where I need to focus my energy, and this is what's going to take me to that next level. So I would like for both of us to kind of dive into what that's needed to look like, and then for somebody that's listening, how to take inventory on, this is where I'm at right now, no shame, no guilt, it is just a clear picture, kind of like looking at your bank account, this is where I'm at right now, today, listening to this podcast, I'm sitting here, I'm ready to go to that next level, but we really have to just take inventory on like, okay, this is where I need that improvement. Like for me... I didn't handle my spiritual or emotional health for fucking 30 years. Came for a Reiki and was like, oh, fuck the baggage I got. This is like 30 years of gunk inside my body of like pushing emotions aside, pushing any connection with spirituality or connecting to the divine or connecting to the fact that like there is a power greater than me. Mm -hmm. Connecting to any of that was like so foreign to me. So I think so often we focus on um, two pillars or we focus on other parts of it and we put so much energy into one side that the other sides are like "Uh uh-huh and then they just get so drained and so depleted so it's almost like for to look at the four pillars that we talked about in last week's episode your emotional your physical your spiritual and your mental health if we are to just be focusing on one side what happens Ashley what happens if we're only to like fuck yeah, I'm fit as fuck. (laughs) Fuck yeah, my mentality is rock strong. You know, what happens? Right. And so we talked about how the the physical and the mental are very connected to what you do. And those two interact really well. Um, I feel better mentally when I work out, right? That's not the, the endorphins, the neurotransmitters, the things that are released in my body are a physical thing that make my mental health better. Yes. The way that I look at the four pillars is almost like a table. So you've got mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional, and they're all holding up this tabletop. And so if we ignore one completely and totally, probably that table might stand. It'll be okay. If anybody leans on that side, you're fucked, (laughs) right? Like you picture your table and one of the legs missing. You're probably going to be okay, but nobody should eat on that end or that corner. Nobody should lean on that end. And it's going to not obviously be as sturdy. Now you take that down to two pillars, two legs. Hopefully they're across from each other and they're just kind of like wobbling along, trying to balance this tabletop, but mostly it's probably going to topple. And if you are only, if you only have one thing, if you only focus on one part, you have nothing. 
that whole table is just going to be tipped over and you're just going to be leaning on that tabletop. Not you're not holding it. And there's nothing, there's not enough strength around it to, if that other leg goes, you're totally fucked. Totally. And so, I mean, that sounds like my life. <laughs> I think about how many years I spent so focused on the physical. And and that was still, it was so not enough. Like, I could right. never be fit enough. I could right. never be successful enough. I could never love my body enough. Because right. it was like, didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter. Like, being single digit body fat percentage did not matter. Because none of the other shit, it was, it was, su- it was, wasn't yeah it wasn't there right like it was so had no attention it had no it was just like block it out block it out block it out train more exercise more pose more compete more right so I feel like that's what happens for people it Mm -hmm. is very easy to be so closed-minded and so like one-way focused and this will be the one thing that makes me happy and And then then you realize it isn't and then you realize like oh Shit, kind of like cobwebs in the closet. You gotta do all mm-hmm. of the other pieces. For sure. And I think that's the biggest piece in terms of even like emotional health for people. I think it it is admirable for the people who succeed at doing incredible things because they can just shut their brain off. Like I think about I've heard so many really successful athletes. Like all I did was just tell my brain there's no other option. You're fucking doing it. You and must. I think about and I think about that's where it was. And I think about like that's ignoring any mental like anything else going on in your world. Mm-hmm. Like emotionally you want to fucking cry every moment. Emotionally these things are coming up. Emotionally your kids need you. Emotionally your husband needs you. But you're just like, no, this is my one this is my one trap brain. Yeah. I'm focused on this one thing because that's all that matters. And I think so often that happens. And I think on the other side of it that I'm realizing is like, if you rise to the top in anything mm-hmm. and any of those pillars where it's like, I'm a 10 out of 10, I'm a fucking rock star. Nobody's going to be there to celebrate you right. long term because yeah. it's like, you kind of shit on us the entire way, girl. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so I think for somebody that's listening that may be thinking that like oh but you know what like if I just push my emotions aside everything will be okay I think it's like recognizing that yeah whether you are an athlete or not an athlete it's recognizing that like you can do that or even just being a super successful business person you can do that you can get to the top Mm -hmm. but recognize that if you don't focus on any of those other pieces of you how much satisfaction are you going to have long term to carry on beyond that like one moment absolutely and I think that is a really beautiful gift used in short segments so if I was playing I'm I was a rugby person so if I was playing rugby girl girl she's she's brushing it to the side you she played for the Canadian fucking national rugby team we're not talking about it but like you kind of downplay your athletic career she you came from an athletic background yes the only reason why I want to bring that to the attention is like you recognized in what happened in your athletic career Mm. were you satisfied being an athlete and rocking that rugby just because you were really good at it, right? Absolutely not. The reason that I was I was really great at rugby, but I was there for the the emotional connection. Interesting. I realized that so I played for obviously my high school rugby team. I played varsity, I played Ontario, I played Canada, and at that Ontario and Canada level, 
I was completely out of my element. And I realized that it was the camaraderie. It was the relationship. It was the connection. Sure, I was really great at the sport, which was handy, right, to be talented. But I didn't actually love what I was doing. I loved the morning bus trips at 5.45 in the morning on your way where nobody is done up and everybody looks like shit and you're hanging out with the guys and the girls are easy peasy and it's not that typical kind of standoffishness. And that's what I loved. And so that like physical piece was really, it seemed like a physical thing, rugby, fitness, whatever, but it was it was the emotional connection that I actually adored. So you were feeding the emotional side of you. Yes. Even though and people would have been like, you're playing a fucking sport. Right. Yes. yes. Which is really kind of interesting the way that that uh, tied in. I didn't, I wasn't really going there. But when I think of that place that you mentioned, that like hyper focus, that like very much I'm in this place, only this place, whatever. That's really cool for 80 minutes of a game. An 80-minute rugby game, yes, if I could be in that place, that's awesome. I can crush, I can leap, I can get the ball, I can do whatever I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I can do it so well because I'm very present because I am choosing nothing else in that moment. Now, if we do that and we spread it out to our entire life, that's when we see the pillars starting to fall in different mm-hmm. areas. Because if I only hyper-focus on that everywhere else, then... I'm ignoring other things that are very important that need my attention, that need my presence, that need that exact same focus and attention, but aren't getting it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really beautiful to be able to compartmentalize like that, but we cannot do it with life mm-hmm. because agree. there's so many aspects that require us to, if we can, if we can tune in in that way in every single moment of our life, that's presence. That's what we want. But if we ignore the shit along the side, just to hyper-focus only on physical, only on emotional, only on one thing, we miss so much. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they just come crumbling down. They do. Like, they will at some point, whether it takes 30 fucking years or not, <laughs> it will come and it will smack you in the face. And that's kind of what happened to you and yes. me on at very the same time. At the same Right? Which is so fucking funny, universe. Thank you. It's really fucking funny. It made us just have to intersect in the way that we did. But it's, yeah, and it's funny because now that you are at the place that you are and I'm at the place that I am, I'm like, holy shit, I feel like I've never been at a better place in all four of those pillars. But if somebody told me a year ago, like, girl, you need to really work on this thing or this thing is going to smack you in the face. I feel as though, I don't think either of us, until it was like you were forced to do this, we might not have done it. 100%. We would have said cool beans. Yeah, we would have put it. It would have cool beans. You need to address this thing. Yeah, girl, cool beans. Yeah, cool. Like, mm-hmm. Until totally. she's like right there and you're like, Whew. I'm not sure I can breathe through this one. I guess totally. we're going to deal. Which is funny because I think it's I think it's a little bit of our personality, but I think a little bit of our personality comes to this place of like, I can kind of keep it together-ish mm-hmm. most of the time. Even when things aren't totally perfect, we can kind of keep it together. We can kind of like... For sure. Like, for example, I didn't know you had fucking yeast infections all that time. And you were like... Right? Well, it's, a, it's not something I was shedding from the, the rooftops until right? now. You're my best until friend. Now. I You're know. my best friend. So it's like, we kind of keep it together. We kind of brush it underneath the rug. We kind of go like... Yeah. 
okay, yeah, I'm crying myself to sleep, but like, I'm not going to tell my best friend, which we should because you're the safest person ever. But it's kind of like, I think like a year ago, we both were at a place of like, oh man, if I tell her that this is my stuff, especially because both of us, we would go like, oh, she's going through this. Like both of us had fucking terrible pregnancy. But like, so it's like, oh, she is having a shitty pregnancy. She doesn't want to deal with Mm -hmm. this or vice versa. Right. So I think there's a piece of that where it's like. We don't, we can feel that. I don't want to burden that. For sure. Even though you're like my closest fucking awesomest friend, right? And I think some of it is we don't open up completely and totally unless we think that person can change us or fix it per se. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when I was telling you guys about yeast infections, I wasn't thinking like, hey, Ange, can you change that for me? Can you help me? I was just being totally vulnerable. And it was like, you're like, well, I can help you. I'm like, how? What am I going to do? Like, bench press the fucking yeast out of my body like I don't like fix how are you fixing this you're like no we would approach it through nutrition and I was like ding 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 oh my gosh so I think it's really powerful that when we open up just to anybody those answers can shine through that we never really expected but we don't right we don't often or always show up completely open and when we do it's like whoa like you told us, you said, I'm, I'm going to see a counselor, not thinking, hey, Ash, do you think Reiki might be able to lift this trauma out of me? Mm-hmm. Totally. But you just showed up. You're like, I'm a wreck. I don't know what to do. I'm going to try counseling. And I was great. Amazing. Fantastic. But when we show up completely open and authentic, there are people, there are things that just are there, are there that we wouldn't expect. And so just being open and being honest and showing up as our authentic selves, it allows that space for a me too, or how can I help? Or this was my experience to know, hey, I'm not alone in this, which is really powerful and life-changing on like a really minute level of just conversation, just being there. And so, yeah, I challenge all of us, I guess, to show up in whatever space that is and dig a tiny bit deeper, show up a little bit more. Yeah. And I would even say a piece of that too, is just honoring the fact of in a lot of our interactions, we can say things like, this is what's going on in my world. Mm -hmm. And then just inviting the people around you. Do you have any solutions that could help? Do you have any ideas? Do you have anything that could invite healing in or invite solutions in. I think so often when we're trying to share the things that are going on in our world, we expect the other person on the receiving end to have, they have no idea, right? Like Mm -hmm. we almost assume like the other woman in the, in the room, she's never been there. She's never been through this or she's got too much crap on her plate. So she wouldn't want to deal with my crap. Mm. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I think it's just having the conversations of like, instead of sugar plums and fairies, like this is my world. And even for us, it's been so beautiful for the relationship in that piece. Right. Like, uh, well, we actually could probably heal and fix each other, but we have needed this many years to right? fucking figure that out, right? right? So for the person that's listening that's like, okay, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do this yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. They're ready. I mean, they're going to take inventory. I thought it would be cool if we talked about, for the person that's sitting right now, we're going to go through each of the four pillars. And I think yeah. it's like, 
let's just discuss the questions you should be asking mm-hmm. in terms of where that sits. Because for somebody who is maybe thinking their physical health is, I need to be fit as fuck. I need to be mm-hmm. like 10% body fat. I need to have all of my muscles popping out of my body for me to be a 10. I just want you to know that that doesn't need to be your 10. Let's be mm-hmm. realistic about what a 10 would look like that would fulfill your fucking life where you are right now. And I think we should go through that for all of them of like Absolutely. what that fulfillment should look like. Cool. If you want to be super lean, that's great. But let's be completely honest with where 50% is of that. So I love that we're digging in on this because I think for me, when I think of health, it is those four pillars. That is what keeps our tabletop up and they, they do intersect. They do over bleed into one another. And that's where if I go for a walk outside, emotionally, I can feel better. Spiritually, I can feel better. Mentally, I can feel better. So we can kind of using Mm -hmm. one pillar, we can boost the other ones, which is, going to be important in the ways that we find that work really good for us. But in talking about that inventory piece, that's the starting place. You have to know where you begin. And or where you're headed. Like both. both of the, right? Like, this yes. is where I am. Yes. Where am I headed? Absolutely. Are you headed towards losing a lot of weight? And are you headed towards this direction of, like starting to tell people how you actually feel instead of like trying to make everybody fucking happy and people pleasing everybody. Right. So it's like, where is it that you actually want to be that, you know, would make it closer to a 10 and not that all of them need to be a 10. Right. Right. Like, couldn't they all just be a comfortable seven? And that's, I love that you. So happy there. Yes. And so it's figuring out what your 10 is. So is your 10, your 10 is different than mine. Your 10 is being a world champion mm-hmm. on the on the stage of bodybuilding. Yes. That is not my 10. My 10 is being 158 pounds while running around with my kids and not feeling completely fucking exhausted every single moment of the day. That's my 10. It looks yeah. different. Yeah. Whereas your spiritual 10 looks different than my spiritual 10 as well. Totally. And so I think it's figuring out, A, what is my 10? What do I want that to look like? What would make me so happy in each pillar? Is it feeling calm? Is that my 10? When it comes to that emotional space, that, mm-hmm. that, um, that spiritual space, feeling calm, feeling peaceful, or is it really reaching and going beyond that, transcending that place of calm and really connecting with my soul and who I am and digging in on that. So knowing what your 10 is, and then I think the next big piece is what's your 50? What's your halfway point? Yes. Are you halfway there? Right? I find the middle is one of the most powerful places to begin because we think of the beginning. We think of the end. But the middle is like, that's in it. That's when you're showing up. That's when you're there. It's when you're partway there. It's the process. And so if we are halfway there, what do I need to do more? Or if I'm not halfway there, what do I need to do to get halfway? Right? I think of that 50 as a pass. Very much, okay, if I, if I pass, we're good. If I pass, we're good. And so if the 50, if that halfway mark is where you're in it, it's part, but it's also happening, right? And so I think it's knowing what your 10 is, but also 
starting at that halfway point. Does that make sense to you? Totally. And I almost want people to imagine it like a dial. Like if you imagine your speedometer on your car, or you imagine a dial that can go up and down very easily. You can easily put on the gas. You can easily put on the brake. It's almost like I don't. You kind of want to look at it from that perspective. There's times, there's days, there's weeks, there's months when you are dialing it down, but mm-hmm. they're all together. Mm-hmm. It's not like this separate, like, on or off. It's a yes. go, it, I'm on, I'm off. I'm on or off. It's really a dial. You're dialing it down, you're dialing it up, but you're never turning it off completely. You're not, like, totally shutting it off. I'm at a zero. I no longer care about the thing. So it's really just getting into a place of, like, Gas break, gas break, gas break. You're not at a stop. You're not at like complete balls to the walls unless that's where you want to be. But I think it's really just imagining it in that way, you know? And I love that because we are never ever at zero because of that, the ways that those four pillars show up and help each other out, the way they overcompensate for each other. So even if you are let's say if we go to that like spiritual place, you're completely emotionally, spiritually, totally depleted and you don't have anything that really shows up that way. But then you're out for a walk, which is a physical thing. And all of a sudden there's this like awe that overtakes you when the sun's shining. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it's taken this physical experience and it's boosted. It's pumped up this little tiny spark within you that is a spiritual thing that goes like, holy shit, life is big. Whoa, I'm out here walking and all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed with joy and gratitude that my feet are just taking me from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Right? So they are, they're all separate, but they integrate, they overcompensate, they help each other, they shift one another. And so there is no, no separate way of only, I'm only one thing, I'm only this, because that's why, that's why when we are depleted physically, binge eating can be a thing. Mm-hmm. Because the neurotransmitters, the, the release of that dopamine, the serotonin, we get from carbs. Mm-hmm. I feel totally depleted, and so I'm going to overeat. So that's a physical thing. If we overeat, which we all do, cool beans, whatever, let's say you overeat, fine, it's so that mentally I can feel better. Yeah. I don't feel worthy. I'm a self-sabotager, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, there's that release, that physical thing that I'm doing is creating a mental release of those neurotransmitters, that feeling of like, I'm satisfied, I'm good, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Right? And so they, they all need each other. So even if your table is wobbly, I think of that like tabletop being joy or bliss or comfort or peace, right? If it's wobbly and things are a bit shaky or we're ignoring something, it gets a little bit wobblier. Our joy isn't quite as steady. Mm-hmm. Our bliss isn't quite as stable. And so it's really focusing on all of them, knowing that they're going to help each other out. And we all have like our little niche ones, mm-hmm. right? For for you, fitness really helps you with that mental side of things. Mm-hmm. And some people work out only because of the mental, mm-hmm. right? And some people meditate so that they can sleep, which is a physical thing, right? So it's, they all kind of integrate, they all help each other, but using the things that you really like 
and allowing them to kind of embed into those other areas is an easy way to boost up your pillars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would even say, too, it's interesting when you start to take inventory of ways in which you're addressing or showing mm-hmm. up in each piece. So, for example, like physical. For some people, a physical 10 would just be being able to keep up with their kids. You're not getting breathless. Yeah. If that for you would be bliss, would that be joy? Would that for you to feel physically like you could take a picture with your children, Mm -hmm. would that be bliss? Would that be joy? Would that be enough? Would that be what you want? Mm -hmm. Cool. You need to really get a clear picture of like, what is it in your life that you really wish was different? And then bring it up to that level. Perhaps for, from a physical standpoint, you want to be able to run a 5k. Cool. Make that. And like you were saying, like, yes, make your halfway point, the two and a half K or whatever that is, but figure it out. Like for everybody, it's going to look so different, but I think so much when people are setting goals, they're like, Oh yeah, that's the thing that I want, but they don't really know what they're going to gain from it. Mm -hmm. I want to lose 30 pounds. Cool. What does your life look like? How do you feel physically and mentally? That's what I always come back to whenever I'm asking people like, 12 weeks from now, physically and mentally, where are you? And they're like, uh, I'm like, okay, well, if you don't have a clear picture, universe is not going to invite herself in. You need to get very clear. This is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be waking up or say it's an event they're working towards. I'm going to be going to my 25th anniversary with my husband. I'm going to walk in in an outfit that makes me feel fucking fabulous. And I'm going to know that every choice I made up until this point was so that I feel fabulous on that day. And then beyond that point, I am committed to continuing because I know I deserve to feel as happy as I did on that 25th fucking anniversary. Yes. I deserve that every day of my life. Absolutely. And so when we talk about that inventory piece and how important it is, I think It's very, and it doesn't have to be a long process. It can be just a very intuitive thing. And thinking about that halfway mark, the end mark, because I mean, imagine both Ange and I are directionally challenged, very incapable, which is good. It's fine. We have other strengths. That's not one of ours. But imagine, (laughs) but imagine you were just like, okay, I'm going to Toronto. And you just hope that by getting in your car, you're going to land there. So knowing that endpoint is so significant and so important. If I don't know that I'm going to Toronto, but also knowing the how am I going tool. to? You need to know the tool. For us, it's a fucking GPS. Yeah, if a it's GPS, not a map. It is, it not, is a map. not a map. <laughs> and it's not my. It's not my co-pilot. No. It's not trusting my intuition. <laughs> it is literally this like. Turn feels good. <laughs> I need a GPS to go. Turn left in 100 meters. (laughs) I might still miss you, but I am listening, right? Okay, recalculating, turn around, and we are okay with that. I'm okay with that being a part of me. For sure. Without it being like, oh, I suck. Yes. I suck as a person. So let's talk about the tools after we talk about the inventory, because I think that's really, I love that you touched on that, because it sounds really it's the way it's, it's it the, is. how am I going to get there versus the, I know where I'm starting and then it's the, the journey. Okay. So I know I'm at a four. How do I move to an eight? How do I move to a comfortable seven? How do I get to fuck a 10, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And so that inventory piece, it doesn't have to be long. It's very much an intuitive 
where am I? Where do I want to be? And so just tuning in, like for me, I have my eyes closed right now and I just bring up one pillar. Just think of one. So spirituality, where am I? And whatever number shows up, whatever feeling connected to that number shows up, honor that. And then find the next one, right? And so if that halfway point helps you, use that. Oh, no, I'm doing better than, I, than halfway, for sure. I drink lots of water. I exercise. Oh, I want to eat better, though. So maybe I'm at an eight. Okay, right? And so that's that physical piece. Okay, emotionally, where am I? Oh, I've been really anxious lately. Oh, for me to be at a halfway point... I want to be mildly anxious and I've been very anxious. So I know I'm below that 50%. I know I'm below halfway. Okay. I was maybe a 3.5. Okay. Okay. I honor that. That's fine. That's good. And then moving to the next one, right? So it doesn't have to be specific in that I'm writing out this on a paper. I need to know it needs to be clear. It's just tuning in because we all know where we struggle. We all know where we want to improve. And so that inventory piece of, I'm going to articulate this. I'm going to not just like let it bumble around in my head and just know, oh, I should eat better. Oh, I should work out more. Oh, I should meditate. Oh, I should try Reiki. Oh, I should. All of those things. It's like, I'm going to get clear. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find out what exactly, which pillar of mine sucks the most. Mm-hmm. Which one sucks the most? Which one is rocking it out of the park? Or maybe they're all just kind of good. And I can choose from there. And so that inventory piece makes us take notice of where we are in our life. And I would also say a piece of that too is like, can you be open to exploring Mm -hmm. what that may look like? For me, like some of my gals in my membership site, they said like, they watched our, our last session where we were talking on video and they were like, oh yeah, I've tried Reiki before and oh, it's just really hard for my brain to wrap around it. I was like, it took me six sessions because my thinky thinky brain couldn't fucking get over the fact that like <laughs> I could heal. And I look at our last session. I know we dabbled a little bit in this last time, but my entire body was shaking. I was sobbing. I was like... It was almost like an out-of-body experience because Mm -hmm. I was so open to, like, it's time to release, it's time to heal. And that doesn't really necessarily have words, but I think it's being open enough of, like, not committing, like, I am for sure doing keto. I am for sure using meditation seven days a week. I think it's being open. It's like, hey, I'm open to trying what feels good and then taking inventory after something happens of, like, Okay, how did that feel? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't feel wonderful at first, but sure. it's like, do I want to try that again? Am I willing to sure. do that again? And for you, it was probably like working out. You did your first couple workouts, and it's like, ah, I kind of don't really like love this. It's okay, but for you sure. probably weren't like, oh, I can't wait to do it. It's more <laughs> yeah, so sure. like, oh, I hope this makes me skinny and looking fucking awesome. Because <laughs> that's where we are. That's where we are yes. when we're working out when we first start. It's like, sure. I hope this makes me look fucking fabulous in a bikini. Absolutely. And then when it evolves from that place, it's like, ah, uh-huh, how does this actually feel? Do I want to move my body? Hmm. Maybe not there yet. But then you get there and you're like, ah, okay. Sure. 
needed to keep doing that uncomfortable thing, right? And that's, we're going to talk about bliss in a little bit, but that's exactly it. So imagine this last session, this last Reiki session that you had that was life-changing. It was. Yeah. Imagine that was your experience the first time you came here. I wouldn't have been able to receive that. You were not, your body, your soul, your energy, I'm not sure you would have lived. Like, but that's the, right? Our body does what we're capable of. You would not have me bench press 250 pounds in my first workout. You'd be like, when we started working out, she's like, okay, girl, three times a week, pick four movements, do them for 15 minutes. Yeah, I remember that. I'm like, I didn't do that. And I was like, and the, I don't think I gave you like specific exercises. No, it was like, you just no, pick them, pick them, whatever you want. Like you could do jumping jacks and then push-ups and then running on the spot. But I also knew like you were an athlete. You have done movement, yeah. but you also were a little like resistant to exercise. Way resistant. So if I was like, oh, do this thing, I was like, oh, if I tell her to do that thing and she don't like that thing. This ain't going to end well. She could dive off of the wagon completely. Because I think that's that's when we try to, like, for example, for me. If I go and I try to do, if I were to walk into a CrossFit gym tomorrow, it isn't in alignment with me. And so I would go and I would do it and I would be open to it and try it. But I know that's not the way that I like to lift weights. I have the self-awareness to know, like, Mm -hmm. that's not me. So I think over and above anything, it's like, can you at any point of your life just check in and go like, this feels fucking good. This kind of sucks. Can I change this or do I need to just deal with this? Because I think it could be one or the other, but I think so often people just don't check in. They either care too much about what other people fucking think, which is bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) Or they're just like trying to make everybody happy. Which is, those two are connected. Totally. Which they are connected. And we are so, we don't even know what we want, what lights us up. Because especially as moms, we are so used to taking care of everybody else's happy. Mm-hmm. I think of ourselves. This came up on a course I was running just the other weekend. But it, we are the universe, essentially. If you picture us as the universe. Me and you? Yeah. But like okay. you for your world and me for my world. Yes. I make shit happen. Ditto. Do you know who, <laughs> do you know who makes shit happen in my world? It's me. Yeah. I, my husband's fantastic and he does so many things and he's wonderful. But I'm the universe. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard for us as moms to not control, not be the the packer of all things and the planning and the needing of the like, oh, I have the surprise as soon as I pick you up from school or going to Disney World. That's the universe. That's her. That's like, oh, I have this really great thing. She's coming for you. If you just stop being an asshole for five seconds, you're going to get a sucker. That's what we can do as as the moms. Mm -hmm. We get to be the universe who like holds things and waits and resists and all of those things. And all of a sudden we are the children uh-huh. and the universe is right there. And we just have to start trusting the way that our children trust. My kids do not think, Ooh, I might not get lunch. What if mom doesn't pack my lunch today? They just trust that I'm packing lunch. If we were to say, Hey, we're going on a trip. They wouldn't think, Oh, I need to pack my underwear. They just trust that it's taken care of. And even our husbands, they're like, Oh yeah, we're going there. Totally. Hope everybody's fucking eating because I'm not going to try to make sure everybody's okay. And they might ask what's for lunch, but they did not pack lunch, right? And so it's very much 
being in that place of releasing and trusting the universe to show up for us the way that we show up for our families. Totally, totally. Which is so, but again, I would say that circles back to like the self-awareness piece. I think both of us had to acknowledge like we thrive best doing us and knowing what that is and then just consistently showing up in that way Mm -hmm. versus trying to fit into anybody else's mold or... And knowing what you want. That's the the signature piece of when we're trying to juggle a billion different schedules and we don't go like, wait, what do, what do I need? What, what lights me up? What's, what's good for me right now? Totally. So simple as this came up with a client the other day, but very much, what do I want for supper? When somebody says, Hey, what do you want for supper? And you're like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Take a second and tune in. What, what do you want? What do you actually want? Do you want somebody else to make it for you? Do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But don't you think, oh, that just comes back to, like, decision-making. If you cannot make decisions in your life, I'm like, the people are like, oh, I really struggle with making decisions. I'm like, okay, not me. I'm very, like, clear, black and white. Like, I know what I want. I don't know what I don't want. But if you can't tune into making decisions, like, what do I want most? You may want all of it. You fucking want this and this and this and this and this for dinner. But what do you want most? And if you can't, oh, like, like that. Do you know, if you can't yeah. prioritize that to be like, I don't think your life can be totally what you imagine. Because it's like, oh, I kind of want to own a boat. But I also kind of want to own a snowmobile. But I kind of also want to have a house in fucking Hawaii. Yeah. Those would all be awesome. It's like, well, like what do you want most? What I do you want that. most? Right? And it's like, okay. You might be able to have all of it, but you got to focus on that one thing first. This is what I want most. And then you're putting your eggs into that basket. This is what I want most. So I feel like it's with the dinner thing. Like, yeah, maybe you're going to have something else for dinner tomorrow. But like when people say like, I really struggle to make decisions. I'm just like, tune in. If you only right now could eat one more fucking dinner. <laughs> what the fuck would you eat? Exactly. Somebody is asking you, what do you want for dinner? And the, right. And that piece is intuition. Totally. Totally, totally. intuition. And so I, that intuitive piece is not something we're, we're used, we're intuitive about other people. Yes. I know what lights Felix up. I know what lights Nolan up. I know what brings Coralie joy. I know those things. But when you flip it to me and it's like, whoa. And for me, I would say, I do know. I do know what lights me up. But we had to do We had to learn that. We We had had to take inventory. Yes. We had to take inventory. We had to create the goals. And then we have to do the fucking work. And advocate day in and day out. Because you need to have difficult fucking conversations with the people that you love. Mm-hmm. Your partners, your kids, oh, your coworkers, sure. whatever that is. It's like, I got one chance at life here on this planet. Whether you believe in like another lifetime or multiple lives. Right. That, is, that can still You're be here a now. piece. Here and now. This is what my lifetime needs to mm-hmm. look like. Mm-hmm. You don't advocate for it. Who the fuck else is? Nobody. 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 If you don't like your job, change it. You don't like your husband, fucking change it. <laughs> and, and I mean, you like, don't like your body. Change, change it. Change it. I mean, like that sounds insensitive, but it's also like a piece of it is taking responsibility. Just say 100%. like, yo, man, you are choosing. When I look back on my life for the first like two decades, when I was like 
was overweight and making really poor nutrition mm-hmm. choices. Yeah. It made total sense to me that my body looked the way that it did. That I needed to sleep so much. That I was not vibrating at the frequency that I wanted to. I was creating that. And so I think it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe nobody taught me how to eat healthy. Cool. Not their problem. Not their problem. You fucking take responsibility yeah. for whatever the fuck happened to you. Yeah. Whatever that's good, bad, nice, wrong, whatever. You have to deal with this crap, especially if you're somebody who's like not 15 years old. You're 25, you're 30, you're 35, 40, whatever your age. Just take a peek at it and be like, okay, whoop. I'm in the driver's seat. And I think a lot of that is just like standing up to the people that you think aren't going to be a safe landing place. And if they aren't, it's having the courage to say, sayonara, I need to create a different life for myself. And it starts in that self-love, that bliss place of I pick me being my best. Mm -hmm. And if we don't pick me being my best, What am I picking? My soul. I love my children. I love my husband. I love my friends. I love my family. Cool. My soul is not here for that. My soul is here for me. And if I'm not doing me, what the fuck am I doing? And you can do them so much better than you are. Yes. That's the part that, like... Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I know it's tough. It's hard to imagine what that could look like. It's hard to imagine, like, oh, how would I do that? But I think, like, I would like to end today's um, conversation just talking about one of the powerful things that you taught me. And that was that, like, cutting cord Mm, from people. So, for me, my oldest son, I feel like my cord has been so attached to so intensely and it is totally still not perfect Mm -hmm. but like my cord is so attached to him in so many capacities that like I want him to be happy and joyful and living his best life all of the time but we're it the interesting part is like recognizing as their mom it's okay for them to not be happy and joyful and awesome all the time it's okay for them to be sad It's okay for them to be angry. It's okay for them to be shook up. But I really needed to cut that cord to be like, it is not my responsibility for you to be at bliss all the time. You're fucking five. There is going to be hurdles. But it was for me like recognizing that creating bliss for him all the time isn't what I should be trying to do. So why don't you tell a little these guys about that cord yeah sure okay so when we interact with somebody there is a cord that is connected through the energy and sometimes that cord is so beautiful it's like a golden little thread that energy is beautiful and light and fabulous and other times it's like this giant fucking cable weighing us down it's tense it's hard it sucks Mm -hmm. right and so when we come into contact with people that cord, that connection is there. And so what we can choose to do is to cut that cord. So when we talk about cutting cords, it's not about... Um, They're still in your life. It's oh, 100%. Just... It's not like I need to cut out my sister because her energy is negative. That's not... I'm not saying don't talk to your sister again. Don't cut her out of your life. Maybe you need to. But when it comes to cord cutting, you're cutting the energetic tie to that person. Mm-hmm. And I do it with my kids. Mm -hmm. it's I love them but we are not meant to be in each other's energy all the time 
It's not good for them. It's not good for me. It's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. And so by cu- cutting that connection, we're not cutting the attachment. We're not cutting the love. We're not cutting the joy that is there. We are simply cutting the embedding of that energy. Good, bad, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We are all better in our own energy. And so the cutting of those cords is very easy in that I create scissors with my fingers, even if that sounds juvenile, but basically you create a set of scissors with your two like peace fingers and you cut through the seven etheric zones. So we all, in our energy, there's seven layers and that energy can sit in any one of those layers. So by cutting through all of those layers with those two fingers created as scissors, we can release that connection. We can release that attachment, that embedded energy that is there. So if I were to cut ties to Angela right now, I want you to picture I'm reaching my right arm out and I have my two piece fingers up. I'm creating scissors. And I just say, I cut the etheric cords to Angela and I'm cutting outside and into my body because that's where those seven layers are. And then I do it again. I cut the etherical cords to Angela and I'm cutting back into my body. I'll do it one more time. I cut the etheric or etherical cords to Angela and I cut into my body. And then for the fourth time, I take those scissors out and I go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And that releases that cord. Her energy and my energy are no longer interconnected. And so doing that with people, starting with people who weigh us down, those big cords, those big heavy weighted ones is most important. And we can choose to cut those beautiful golden threads, those light, easy breezy connections but they're not as imperative. Those aren't the things that weigh us down, bog us down, make us feel energetically exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so starting with, even if you start with your top three people or three situations. So when Felix was in the hospital, I was literally cutting cords to the hospital, to the nurses, to the doctors, because I didn't want that energy following him outside of the hospital releasing the energy completely so that he wasn't tied into all of that energy after when he was to be healing. Right. And we need to do that with our friends, with our family, with our kids, our spouses, people at the grocery store, right? Like we know how easy it is to share energy when we just go to the grocery store. If that cashier is in a grumpy mood, it can shift us. If somebody's bubbly and we don't even know them, if she's bringing through our groceries and she's happy, we can feel happier. So we know that there is a connection, even with people we have the briefest interaction with. And so that's the way energy can get into our zone. And by releasing that, we get back into our own. We stand in our own energy. And that's when we're most effective in our own life, but also as an integral part of the people around us in their lives. Mm-hmm. I also would say it's interesting because it, I think it's also deciding 
who you want to be and how you want to show up in the lives of others. So I think about both of us. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to work at Tim Hortons. I actually got fired by my fucking uh, cousins, which is fine. It's fine. <laughs> I was, I'm was i not a good employee. I only show up 50% of the time. Whereas when I show up, for, it's so funny because when I show up in my own business, I'm, like, all in. Yeah, but I would only show up half the time. <laughs> but, like, when I was there, I was really bubbly. And I was like, and all everybody would say when you do choose to show up, you're the bubbliest person here. And I'm like, you're right. But I think it's choosing, like, okay, what kind of energy do I want to mm-hmm. rub off on the people around me? For sure. For me, I want to rub off positive, exciting, electric energy. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, oh, Eeyore, Eeyore, <laughs> yes. COVID, yeah. shit. Like, and yeah, acknowledge that shit sucks in our world. I get it. it but you can be, you can be light. You can yes. be joyful. You can lift somebody up. And I feel like a big piece of that for me is like choosing how I, how I want to show up energetically. Mm-hmm. And in last week's episode, you were talking about like manifesting and how you're choosing to show up in joy and happiness. Right. Because it's so easy. We wake up in the morning and we're like, oh. I gotta do that. And that, that's where our brain can initially go right. versus choosing like, oh, I woke up for another fucking day. <laughs> I'm excited, yeah. right? And like, how are you going to wake up? Are you like, oh, I'm going to choose snooze or are you going to be like energetically? I didn't die last night. Right? Like, <laughs> woo-hoo, woo-hoo! for another day. Right? So you know um, what I mean? Like, yes. it's an like energetic presence and then it's like, for sure. in that energetic presence being like, today I'm choosing to I'm choosing to be that sort of thing and if it takes you doing certain things to be that for me when I first wake up I'm maybe not there I'm there mentally can't talk that yet so I go and I do cardio and I do things that light me up first thing in the morning because then when I interact with humankind I'm good to go right right? so it's like deciding to like what do you need to be there energetically I love that because we We promised to talk a little bit about bliss, and this is the difference between bliss and pleasure. Mm. Pleasure is staying in bed. It's cozy. It's comfortable. I want to sleep an extra hour. Bliss is getting up and doing the cardio. And stay with me here because it doesn't feel like bliss. Mm. In that moment, you're like, okay, we've got to go do some cardio. Bliss and doing blissful things is about the energy that overflows mm-hmm. into other areas and makes them better. So mm-hmm. cardio doesn't feel like bliss when you're doing it. Trust me, cardio is okay, but I don't feel in bliss when I'm running and panting. Mm-hmm. I do after. And so the difference between that pleasure and that bliss piece is really important because if we can fill our, our lives up with bliss things, It doesn't mean we're doing things that feel so good all the time. We can't sit around and watch Netflix all day, right? That's a pleasure thing. Do I feel better after watching Netflix? Almost never. I don't feel worse, but I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm lit up. I'm going to go change the world. Rah, rah, rah. (laughs) Right? That's that's pleasure. Bliss is doing something where we feel better after and it overflows into those other areas. Mm, That's why. I never thought about it. Uh-huh. Like yeah. But exercise is bliss. Mm. Meditation. Because mm. I've always like I've always thought I've always thought it's I've always thought it's pleasure. 
but I like... If you enjoy it, it can be pleasurable. I get that. I get that. But I, most people hate exercising. So I have to say most people I work with. Well, not most, but... Many. Many. Many, especially the people that are brand new. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the thought of that. Ooh. And so I understand... Yeah, I can understand that. But the bliss is the after piece. Mm-hmm. When we meditate, usually we're so much in our heads like, oh my God, I have so many other things to do. No, come back, come back. No, you're at peace. You're calm. You're joyful. Oh my gosh. Okay, I didn't put broccoli on the list. I need to put broccoli on the list. Shit. No, come back, come back. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not, in that moment, meditation isn't feeling so great. Sometimes it does, like, and hopefully it gets to that point. But it's more about the way you feel after I feel calmer. I feel better able to engage my world. And that's the bliss piece is the the way we show up into other areas because I've done this one thing. I'm just thinking too, my brain's going to, when we're chasing bliss, often mm. there has to be a resistance that shows up first, yeah, right? Before yes. bliss. Because resistance is like, ah. Uh, I could stay in bed. Resistance is, oh, but like I could fold the load of laundry. Resistance is, so isn't bliss a little bit like wherever you're resisting mm-hmm. is like where it will be blissful on the other side of that. But it's like the resistance is showing up to show you like, should be doing that thing. I actually want to be doing that thing. That thing would serve me and make me feel fucking awesome. But it's where resistance is, right? Yes. We like, often resist the bliss for the pleasure. Yes, because I think the interesting too is it's an instant versus delayed thing, right? Like, oh, can yes. you wait two hours before you feel that feeling? Can you go through two hours of discomfort, right, to be on bliss on the other side of that? I think about that even in terms of difficult conversations, where oh it's like, goodness. okay, I don't really want to have this conversation. I'm not really like. I know that this is going to be uncomfortable and like on the other side of it, you feel so good because it got off your chest. But I think that's been the biggest theme for me over the past year is like, okay, just say how you're feeling. Just say how you're feeling. And like, that's been so hard for me to just say how I'm feeling. And like, it's funny because my husband is a big talker. And so he's always just been like, just tell me how you feel. And I'll be like, I can't. Yeah. I'm still crying. I can't yeah. yet. And right. he was just like, he just wanted me to tell him because mm-hmm. he couldn't read my brain. Right. You seem sad, Inch. Why are you crying? I can't tell you yet. And he would be like, come on, just tell me. Right. right? So I think like, yeah, I think even that, I think on the other side of that, releasing that feels so blissful. But at the moment you're like, <gasps> I don't know. Right? Watch another Netflix show, find another way to right. choose pleasure, right? Yeah. <coughs> oh my goodness. Bless you. Calm you. <laughs> We're coming on an hour oh game, girl. Oh my goodness. I love it. So quickly, I'm just going to relate that <coughs> to childbirth. Literally. Oh. oh my goodness. When you're saying all of these things, I'm like, oh my gosh, my children's births are flashing into my brain. So much pain. So much difficulty. So much, I can't do this. And then there's a baby. That bliss. That bliss is the baby. Yes. Right? What a great whereas, analogy. Yeah, whereas the actual, like, struggle, the, the workout, the, the meditation, the everything that you must do to get to that point isn't necessarily easy or comfortable. In fact, it probably isn't. But the bliss comes after. And it's totally, 1,000%, absolutely worth it. And what are you willing to do to go through, to accept, to 
just go through that uncomfortable stage for the bliss at the end, right? Like, if you're chasing bliss, bliss isn't, like, every day it's a fucking sunshine and, like, beautiful weather. It's like, how can you find bliss? Is it drinking a cup of coffee? We both love coffee. Is is bliss for you going to be, like, drinking the coffee but also recognizing, like, what does life need to look like to create more of those moments? So, right. okay, you want to drink a cup of coffee before your kids wake up. What do you got to do? You got to wake up 30 minutes before your fucking kids get up. It's funny because this is the exact example that I use when I tell people about this. Is Coffee, to me, is pleasure. I like coffee. Coffee doesn't bring me bliss. Mm. The bliss part of it is sitting in my big, comfortable chair while my kids and my husband are still asleep, watching the sun come up. And so just drinking coffee at 10 a.m. when everybody's around me, it doesn't bring me bliss. I'm just functioning. I'm surviving. I'm doing the day. But that moment of bliss with that coffee, with my journal, by myself, in my home, no no kids, that's bliss. Right. And when they wake up, it overflows into that moment. When they come out and they're like, hey, mom, I'm like, hey, baby, how's it going? I'm not... Getting out of bed, all groggy, like, ugh, where's the cereal, right? Like, we are in a different space because of that blissful moment that I chose. But you're right. Getting out of bed 30 minutes before my kids, that seems less comfortable than just staying in bed because it's warm and I'm sleepy and I was up with a kid through the night and whatever. But choosing my bliss means I get my fucking ass out of bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. I think that's a beautiful way to end today's episode. What do you think? I love it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode. We can't wait to see you guys next week. And if you're liking this episode, let us know. Comment in the section below. And uh, we'd love to hear what you guys are thinking so far. Excellent. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.